Hello and welcome to the Positive Mindset Tribe, a refreshing and empowering podcast on how to become a magnet for love, abundance and joy. And as you've probably guessed, it all starts with your mindset. I am your host, Veronica Moreno, a mindset coach, therapist and energy healer. And my mission is to share with you my most powerful tips, psychological tools, energy healing techniques, so you can manifest the joyful, meaningful and successful life you deserve. Are you ready for your weekly dose of motivation, confidence and empowerment? Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome to another episode of the Positive Mindset Tribe. This is your host, Veronica Moreno, a mindset coach, energy healer, counselor, and meditation teacher. And in this episode, I will be sharing with you seven common mistakes that make relationships fail. In the previous episode, I covered how to have relationships full of love and joy. And what I shared applied not only to romantic relationships, but relationships in general with your family, with your friends, colleagues, any type of relationship really. And this episode included a four-step process, a step-by-step process, so you can attract conscious, healthy and fulfilling relationships full of love and joy. So if you haven't listened to that episode, this is the, uh, it is the previous one, I think it's number 15. So go and have a look at that one. And as promised in the previous episode, I said that I was going to make a special episode on mistakes that can kill a relationship. Now, in my personal experience and my professional experience as a coach helping people improve their relationships, I have seen a series of very common mistakes that repeat again and again, very common that cause stress, conflict and frustration in relationships, sometimes to the point of even destroying the relationship. And I don't want you to make these mistakes. So this is why I'm going to share with you seven mistakes that can be fatal and most importantly, how to avoid them or how to fix them. So in today's episode, I will probably be giving more uh, more examples about romantic relationships. But again, the ideas here apply to all types of relationships. But just to illustrate some examples, it might be easier to just mention uh, ideas about romantic relationships. So let's get started. Right, so the first mistake, very, very, very common mistake in relationships is not asking openly and sincerely for what you need. So if you had a bad day at work, come back home and sit down on the sofa with a grumpy face, expecting your partner or whoever you live with, for that matter, to guess what you need, that's not going to happen. They are not in your head. So they don't know if you need a hug, if you need to talk about it, or if you need to be left alone. And we do this all the time. We expect the other person to guess what we need. And maybe you're thinking, well, I just need a hug. Isn't it obvious? I just need you to check in with me to know that you care. Isn't it so obvious? And you wait and wait and that doesn't happen. And then we start making assumptions like he just doesn't care. He hasn't even noticed that something is wrong. He's so selfish. Maybe I should find another partner who understands me better. But maybe what's actually going on for the other person in his head is that you look like you wanted to be on your own and he's leaving you the space he thinks you need And maybe what you need is different to what he thinks you need. 
And the problem is not that he's not available for you. The problem is not that he doesn't care. The problem is that you didn't need, you, you didn't express what you needed in the first place. So we can't expect all the people to guess what we need, even though we might think that it is very obvious and, and, and maybe we assume that they should know us by now, but they're not in our heads. And this is a very, very, very common mistake. Because healthy and honest communication in relationships is really key, is one of the main pillars of relationships, honest communication. So what to do instead? Speak up. If you, if you need something from your partner, tell them. There's nothing wrong with asking for what you need. And it doesn't mean that they will give it to you you know, that they will be available um, or, or give to you what you want straight away. But at least it avoids, and that will be a different problem, that will be a different matter. But at least when you express your needs openly and sincerely, this avoids playing games that only lead to misunderstandings and unnecessary arguments. So be honest and clear about what you need, because communicating openly with your partner is key to a healthy relationship. And here, the problem might be that you don't feel comfortable asking for for what you need. And that's perfectly fine. And, and it is very normal because um, sometimes we've been told that asking for what you need is selfish. Who do you think you are for, you know, to, to, to ask for a hug or, or to ask for time for yourself? It is selfish. It is not okay to want attention. So you might have to have a look here at any beliefs that might come into play when you decide to start communicating more, um, more, more openly. So that is the first one. But yeah, honest communication is key. And I see it all the time. And, and sometimes someone comes to me in a session and, and they're like, but it was so obvious that this is what I needed. How, how couldn't they guess? But yeah, you're asking them to guess. So don't expect people to guess what you need because most of the times they're not going to get it right and it's only going to lead to disappointment, misunderstandings and unnecessary arguments. So mistake number two is to try to have a conversation when strong emotions have taken over or when you are in the middle of an emotional trigger, recipe for disaster. This never ends well, trust me, never. And I know that probably when we are being triggered emotionally, when we're angry, when we're upset, when we're sad, is the time when we feel like speaking the most or having a conversation the most, but this never ends well. If the emotions have taken over, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling frustrated, upset, annoyed, don't try to don't, don't try to have an important conversation. And in general, avoid any interaction as much as possible until you calm down, until you have managed these emotions. Learn to regulate your emotions. Um, very important work related to this inner child work. Because sometimes when we are triggered, um, when we feel a very strong emotional response in terms of fear or anxiety um, or sadness or anger, frustration, the person who is in control is our six-year-old, not our adult self. 
So if you need to talk to your partner or anyone for this, for the matter, and you feel very angry or triggered or triggered emotionally in general, take a few moments to calm down, leave the room, express your emotions in a healthy way and come back when you are ready. Because if you try to have a conversation when the six-year-old inside you has taken over, your words will be charged with fear, with anxiety, with anger. Nothing good will come out of it. You're not going to be able to have a conversation adult to adult because the six-year-old might be in control, because the six-year-old might be scared, might have something to say. So what to do instead? If you feel that strong emotions have taken over, over, go to another room and take a few deep breaths. Just start by taking a few deep breaths, deep and long breaths, in through the nose and out through the mouth, you know, letting it out, setting the intention that in each exhalation, you're going to exhale, you're going to let go of any unpleasant emotions, anything that is not serving you. You can also do some journaling to let it all out. And you can write all the ugly words, the swearing, whatever you need to let out. This is the way to do it healthily, not by having an argument, not by swearing at your partner. That, that is not the healthy way to do it. But if you just go on your own, take a few deep breaths, take a pen and paper and start writing whatever comes to mind first, even if it's the ugliest worst you've ever, the, the, you've ever thought of, um, this is how you do it in a healthy way. This is how you express your angers, your anger, your sadness, your fear in a healthy way. And then you can break this piece of paper. No one has to see it. It's not for you to keep it. It's not to show it to anyone. It's just so you can drain, so you can channel, so you can let out those unpleasant emotions. It's like when the water, imagine a pond and the water has been shaking, everything is agitated and then the mud mixes with the, with the water and everything is a mess. So you need to let the water come down and go back to stillness. So the mud goes to the bottom and then you can see clear water again. So this is the same. If you are interacting with your partner, if you're, if you're trying to have an adult conversation when the emotions have taken over, it's like, having that pond full of mud and all mixed together. Wait until the mud goes to the bottom, you know, learn to regulate your emotions, um, let them out in a healthy way, and then you can have that conversation with that clarity instead of in, in, instead of that mud um, blurring your vision, your ideas and your judgment. If you feel very, very angry, so um, uh, for anger in particular, I find that it is a very, very strong, fiery emotion. Um, so I would recommend that you do some quick physical exercise, even if it's just doing some jumping jacks at home or some push-ups. Or It might sound silly, but you will see that when you feel angry, it's a very fiery, um, energized emotion. So the best, one of the best ways that I know to, to express anger in a healthy way is physical exercise. And, and you don't need to go to the gym for one hour. It doesn't need to be a long workout. It can be just literally like going up and down the stairs, um, do a few jumping jacks, go for a walk around the block, get a bit of fresh air. That always helps and just go out, 
and deep breathly and slowly, getting fresh air, recharging yourself, oxygenating the body. It's like your lungs need fresh oxygen, right? You need fresh energy, especially when unpleasant emotions. Emotions are energy at the end of the day. So oxygenate your emotional body by breathing in fresh air and exhaling what is no longer serving you all those emotions that um that you're experiencing as unpleasant and might be clouding your your judgment um so yeah that one in particular physical ex uh, for anger uh, physical exercise is um is a great one whatever emotion you're feeling and whatever you do about it just go back to having whatever conversation you need to have when your adult is back in control. So make sure that the six-year-old is not in control. And I recorded uh, an episode for this podcast all about the inner child, which is very, very relevant here because sometimes all we need when we're triggered is to listen to our inner child, to listen to that part of ourselves that might be scared of being rejected, abandoned, judged, or maybe the inner child is angry because she has been hurt before and, you know, and all that anger is coming out. Um, romantic relationships, when we are in a relationship with someone, that triggers our inner child like nothing else, honestly. They can be a real challenge. Relationships are wonderful and, and, and a source of, of love and joy. Relationships are a great way to learn, but they can be very, very challenging. They can be very, very triggering. But yeah, they are a great way to learn because what triggers us helps us see what we need to heal. So welcome those triggers. You know, if you're in a relationship when you feel triggered a lot um, or just any situation where you feel triggered, welcome those triggers and see them as a tool for growth and healing. As annoying as they might sound, I understand that this can be a difficult one to, to swallow. But at the end of the day, if we were completely free of programming, free of fear, pain, wounds, any unpleasant emotions, if we were just a, a, a clear, clean vessel, we wouldn't be triggered. When when there is a very strong emotional reaction, it's because there's something that there was already inside that is just being triggered and it's just coming to our awareness so we can do something about it, so we can heal it. So I know, even though they are annoying and yeah, it's not, it's not pleasant, but I try to see any situation that triggers me as a way to to gain awareness of what's going on within and and what I need to to heal that doesn't matter obviously that is that doesn't mean obviously that if someone does something to you um you have the right to be annoyed you have the right to be angry you have the right to 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 be upset it doesn't it doesn't mean that uh that they're not responsible or that it is your fault it's not it's not about whose fault is it it is it is just about being aware of what's of what's going on so, so yeah, don't let um, your emotions take over uh, or 
rather than that, because we can't control that. So um, saying it in a different way, don't have a conversation, don't try to have an animal conversation or to solve a problem or, or, or to interact with your partner when strong emotions have taken over, because that means probably the inner child is in control and is not going to be an adult conversation. So just use one of the methods to express your emotions in a um, in a healthy way and I'm, I'm I have some meditations in my YouTube channel about how to transmute negative thoughts and unpleasant emotions that's a, a, a great one to do um, if you feel if you feel triggered and doing work with the inner child just checking in with the inner child you know and see what she needs um, what she's up to why she's feeling that way what you can do um, to make her feel safe again it's also a great tool um, to do before you continue your conversation. So to make sure that you can have adult conversations that are going to take you to some, um, that are going to lead you to good fruits rather than an unnecessary argument or, or a conflict that could have been avoided if you had just taken a few times, a few minutes, a bit of time to, to, to calm down and to bring that water to, to stillness. All right, mistake number three, blaming your partner for your unresolved issues or past experiences. We all have fears. I get this. We all have been hurt before in one way or another. And our very smart brain will do anything possible to protect us from experiencing pain again. So if your previous partner cheated on you before, your brain will be alert 24-7 looking for any signs that your current partner is not doing the same. And what happens here is that we can become very jealous, unable to trust, um, being suspicious and on alert all the time. So this is just an example, um, but if, 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 if you feel very jealous of every girl your partner says hi to, maybe because you have had a bad experience before, um, maybe because you're carrying some insecurities from before, it is not fair to blame the other person and say, you make me feel this way. You make me jealous. If you changed, I would be okay. Firstly, because by saying this, you are giving the power away to the other person. You are stating that your partner has the power to make you feel this way or the other. And that is not the case. You have the power. And secondly, you are not honoring yourself because instead of healing your wounds, you are blaming someone else and you are missing a chance to look at yourself, heal and let go of what is, of what is no longer serving you. So you can unlock your confidence, your inner power, so you can know yourself more deeply and love yourself unconditionally. So actually, by blaming others, you are not honoring yourself. You are not doing the work that you owe to yourself. And now I'm not saying, of course, that you have to be blind. Like, obviously, be very mindful of how the person you're dating treats you. And if you see something you don't like, speak up. Um my point here is don't kill one relationship because the previous one was a disaster and and fear is taking over because this could cloud your vision. So just take a few moments, you know, to become aware of if you do this with your partner or any other person, you know, in any relationships, blaming others um, uh, or, or, or if you're projecting 
um, unresolved issues or past experiences that, um, that, that, that you could heal. So what to do instead? Well, get to know yourself, you know, spend some time reflecting on your previous relationships, your role models, what beliefs about relationships uh, you might be carrying that are no longer serving you. Because um, maybe there is a, a subconscious belief that love hurts, that you will never find true love. Maybe you have normalized an abusive behavior because you saw it while you were growing up and that's what you learned, that's what you saw, that's all you know. We hold a lot of unconscious beliefs about relationships, all of us, every single one of us. And those unconscious beliefs sometimes run our behaviors and our patterns. And sometimes we're not even aware of this. So I would recommend that you take some time to, to, to get to know yourself in the area of relationships. You know, just do some journaling about past relationships. Um, do a closure ceremony, like writing um, a goodbye letter, um, not to send <laughs> to ex-partners or anyone you're not in relationship with, just to keep for yourself. You know, maybe you need some some closure. Maybe you need to close some previous chapters. Maybe you need to let go of that so you can start a new, healthy, fresh, uh, nurturing relationship. Do some journaling about your role models, you know, your parental figures while you were growing up. What were your role models for relationships? What did you learn about relationships? And identify what needs healing, if anything is not serving you. And this is key if you want to have um, happy relationships. I see this in my one-on-one sessions all the time. The relationship you have with others is only a manifestation of the relationship you have with yourself. So when I work with people who want to improve their relationships or or they want to find a new partner um, or make new friends and find a new tribe, the first thing we do it's see what the person needs to heal. That's the first, 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 first thing. And we start, um, I've given this example before in other episodes, I see people as gardens. So we have a look at the weeds that need to go so we can plant beautiful flowers. So making sure the more harmonized you are inside, the more you have healed, the more clean energetically you are the better your relationships will be so sometimes the focus shouldn't be that much on changing the other person or finding the right partner because who is the right partner you know in the relationship it's a 50 50 thing so it's not like oh if the perfect person appeared into my life then everything will be okay, the relationship will be perfect. Well, no, because there are two people in a relationship and in the in a relationship. And I believe that the more healing both parties have done, and this is for romantic relationships, but it applies to friends or, or, or family as well. The more the more you have healed, the more whole you are, um, the less or the more, sorry, the more you step away from, you know, any victim roles or rescuer roles, um, the more you heal past experiences and close old chapters, the more you start letting go of all those layers that are not serving you, letting go of all that programming, and you start discovering who you truly are, and you start building that 
confidence, you start unlocking your inner, your inner wisdom and then you become a whole person, you know? It's, you don't try to, to fill in the gaps. You feel whole, you feel healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually, and then you are in a position to attract wonderful fulfilling relationships so the personal work the inner work is key for anything really but also very very important when it comes to relationships because i see a lot of tips um or, or tools for relationships that focus a lot on just things that need to be done within the couple but i believe that that individual work is what will result in having a a, a healthier more fulfilling more loving um relationship now this doesn't mean that you need to be completely healed and you know and become an ascended master to <laughs> be able to have a nice partner no that's not what i mean but what i mean is that we have to be very aware of of our internal issues whatever is going on for us and make sure that we are not projecting that onto our partners and if and if they're doing it to us we should be able to um you know, to identify that and 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 reflect that and, and, and feed that back to them, right? So so very important, very important aspect in 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 relationships to be aware of what is mine and what is the other person's um and 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 and, and who has the responsibility to 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 fix it. Which bad news is always you. Good news it is you, <laughs> which means that you have the power and the more work you do for yourself and the more healing you do for yourself, the better your relationships are going to become. So it's kind of up to you. The work um, uh, the, the work you do is only going to reflect in a better, nicer um, outcome in terms of relationships. So mistake number four, it's linked to the previous one which is expecting your partner to fix your problems and we do this all the time this is very strongly related to the previous one because sometimes we can get caught in this pattern of expecting our partner to save us right and when we expect someone to save us or rescue us we are becoming a victim which is very disempowering you don't want to be in that position it's extremely disempowering so although, of course, you want your relationships uh, to be relationships that, you know, people that help you, that support you when you need it, um, of course. But if something wasn't working in your life, maybe your career, maybe your health, your friends, don't expect your partner to be the cure of what will make you forget about your problems. Because at the end of the day, if something in your life needed to change and you don't change it because now you are distracted with a new partner. You are just hurting yourself because you are not growing, because you are not learning. You are not empowering yourself. So what to do instead? Just take a few moments to reflect. Is your relationship a patch to be distracted from something else? Or maybe do you expect your family to do everything for you? Do you rely too, do you rely too much on, on other people to do things for you? Think about yourself as an individual and assess what areas of my life are working, what areas are not working, what needs to change, what needs to improve. And just be honest with yourself and identify how you can be more whole on your own so you can relate to others from a, from a position of being empowered, from a position of love, not expecting them to fill in a gap. 
for you. Because this again is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> it never, it never works. If anything, it gets triggered. Anything that we were lacking gets triggered, gets amplified, and 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 it can put a lot of stress on the relationship when you have such high expectations. All right, mistake number five: not appreciating what your partner gives you or taking them for for granted. If you have ever worked with me or follow my content, you know that I'm always talking about gratitude, about how important showing gratitude is. Because when we are grateful for something, we receive more of it. Joey Dispenza, who talks a lot about a manifestation and an attraction and healing through the power of our thoughts, always says that gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. Because when we are thankful for something, we are sending the signal that we already have it and the universe will send more to us because we believe that we have it already. So we just manifest it. Gratitude is a very high frequency emotion which not only can change your mood almost instantly, and if you haven't tried this, you have to try. Um, whenever you're feeling low, whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling upset or frustrated, Try to remember to just connect with the feeling of gratitude for two minutes and bring back to mind anything you're grateful for, any persons, experiences, qualities, things you have in your life that you are grateful for, and immediately your mood changes. Because gratitude is such a high frequency emotion, it transmutes any of the other low vibration emotions. So it's a mood changer, it's absolutely incredible. So not only it's a tool which you can use to change your mood almost instantly. Gratitude, like I said, is a super powerful um, tool for manifestation. So do you want more friends, more attention from your partner, more family gatherings to enjoy, more loving, joyful moments in your relationships? Then be grateful for all the ones you have now. Even if they're small, even if they're small, appreciate every single thing that other people do for you. Be grateful for it and receive it with love. Be open to receive it. And this is a very common mistake. Sometimes when I'm working with a client and they want to improve their relationship um, and maybe they complain that the partner is not loving enough, attentive enough, I will always ask them, what was the last time you told them, what was the last time you told your partner or anyone you love that you appreciate when they say I love you? or when they do the dishes, or when they pick you up from work, or when they send you a loving message, or when they kiss you goodnight. Because we take these little things for granted. And it is such a big mistake. If we don't appreciate them, we're not putting our energy on attracting more of them. If we are complaining that we don't have enough, that's the signal we are sending. That's the vibration we are becoming. Lack. There's not enough. I don't have enough of this. I want more. Why? Because I don't have enough. Whereas if you look for every, even if it's little things, even if it's little, and everyone, even, even in the most horrible day, you can always find something to be grateful for. And not only to be grateful for, but express it. Say it to the other person. Right? And sometimes... Uh, and sometimes they might be shocked. Oh, I didn't, re I didn't realize it meant, 
he meant something to you. And then they feel good about it and they want to do more of it. So this is something I'm going to suggest, um, which is to write down a list of all the relationships that you are grateful for, romantic, family, friends, colleagues, neighbours, anyone you can think of, a list of all the relationships you are grateful for, and make a long list, including all the little things that make you happy about it, things they do for you, fun moments you share, even if it's just a good morning to a neighbour, you know, on your way to work, someone that smiles at you on the tube or on the bus. And when someone does something nice for you, appreciate it. Thank them with intention. Be very intentional, showing your gratitude and your appreciation and your appreciation. And the more energy you put into looking for things you're grateful for, the more you will find, the more you will experience, and the more you will attract, because you will be in resonance, because your thoughts, which are energy, will be focused on creating more of them. So do this for a while, even if it's just for a week. You know, just try as an experiment, a few days, a week, when you're on the bus, when your mom message, messages you to say, how are you today? I don't know, if your partner kissed you goodnight, you know, if a friend calls you, buys you a present, I don't know, whatever it is. Do this for a while and enjoy the shift. You will see how things can shift just from this action, just from practicing gratitude. Super, super powerful. Okay, so mistake number six. We're getting to the end of the list now. Mistake number six is starting a relationship for the wrong reason. And this will probably apply more, I'm thinking more of romantic relationships here. Um, in my previous episode, I talked about how, um, about why happy relationships that are full of joy and love need to be conscious. And by conscious, I mean that we need to be aware of why we start or maintain a relationship. Because these days, I see more and more people going on dates and starting relationships, honestly, just out of boredom, out of boredom, or because they feel lonely or empty and they think a partner will fix this. Well, not only it won't, it might just amplify it and make it worse these feelings of being lonely or of, of, of feeling empty. Because if this, is, if this is how you feel, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling empty and you think a partner is going to fix that for you, well, it is much worse to feel lonely and empty when you have a partner. And I'm, say, I'm saying this from experience um, because that's how I felt. I felt I didn't feel whole for many, for many years. Um, and I always had that need to be in a relationship to, to kind of feel that, to feel that emptiness that I was feeling inside. And there's nothing worse than being in a relationship and still feeling really lonely and really empty and not feeling appreciated or, or cared for um, enough. So having a relationship, being in a relationship is not going to fix any of these feelings that you might be experiencing. That is something that you need to heal first. So if you're starting a relationship, you know, because you don't feel okay and, and think that all you need is just a partner to share your time, be very careful because these expectations 
might not lead. First of all, might not attract you to the right person because what happens here, interestingly, is that for me, for example, I felt I felt lonely, I felt empty. Um, I had this wound of abandonment. So every, funnily enough, every partner um, I was in a relationship with triggered that abandonment wound, triggered that emptiness, that loneliness. Um, so if I had spend a bit of time, you know, like getting more awareness and, and and doing some healing, some mindset work. Maybe I could have avoided a few painful relationships, but this is how we learn. I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal. That's part of life, right? So that's, that's how, that's how we learn. That's how we learn. But my point is that um, if you are looking to be in a relationship for the wrong reasons, it's very unlikely that you're going to attract a good partner for you. And this is in terms of romantic relationships, but it could be that, um, for example, sometimes we maintain relationships from school or all friendships that are not serving us. And this is very common. And again, I see it all the time when I work, when I coach my clients, um, because as we grow, we heal, we mature, we elevate ourselves, which hopefully you are working on and, and, and you are doing. I'm sure you are, because if you're here today, it's because... You, because you want to continue to, to, to grow. And probably you're seeing that as you grow, as you evolve, as you elevate yourself, all the people close to you or that were close to you are not in the same journey. And I'm sure that some of your friends and relatives have grown with you or have been a very strong element, you know, like a, a strong pillar or support in your growth. Um, maybe you have helped each other in, in the bad moments. But I'm sure you can think of some people um, who you don't have anything in common with anymore. And this happens a lot. Um, it's happened to me. And, 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 and in my coaching sessions, I see it all the time that the more someone grows and elevates themselves, then they start to see that their old friends are not that funny anymore. Maybe they don't feel like engaging in the same activities. Um, they feel that they don't resonate with each other, that they can't you know, have deep, meaningful conversations. So we also need to be aware of not only the people we let in, but the people who are in our lives and, and, and if we are still in, in alignment um, or maybe negative people, uh, you know, who are still stuck in unhealthy behaviors and, and maybe you just know that spending time with them is not good for you for whatever reason. Sometimes you can figure out why. Sometimes you just know it, right? Um, so yes, make sure that any relationship you start or you have, you are conscious uh, about it and and you are aware of why you are in that relationship, why you are maintaining this relationship, if it's serving you, and make sure that that it is for the right reasons, that you come from a place of, of being whole, of being empowered, you come from a position from, from love and from wanting to share and, and give and, and grow together rather than filling it a gap or, or, or rather than just, well, they've been my friends for 40 years, so I guess I'll just continue to hang out with them even though I know it's not good for me. So just be conscious, just be conscious and, and aware of, of the relationships and the people you surround yourself with in your life. Right, so final mistake, 
which is not less important than the others, is not setting boundaries. And most of the women I work with in my coaching practice find difficult to set boundaries. And that can manifest as, you know, finding it very difficult to say no to something that, you know, is in your highest interest, like going to a commitment, to a party, um, taking a phone call when you know you're busy or you have other priorities. Um, that can show us finding it very difficult to take care of your own needs. Um, and this is very common. I see it all the time. And maybe you tend to always prioritize other people's needs. Um, and this very, very often results in frustration or burnout or both. Um, because setting boundaries can be perceived as being selfish, but this is very far from the truth. Setting healthy boundaries is helpful and it is necessary for your well-being. And please note that I very carefully set healthy boundaries, which is very different from, you know, building a barrier to not let anyone ill in or, or, or building a barrier so, so you don't get hurt and then you only have like superficial um, relationships because you're scared of being hurt again. Healthy boundaries is not becoming too self-centered. There needs to be a balance between having that element of being loving and caring, you know, with the people you love, with your loved ones. Um, but there needs to be a balance. If you are in the um, in the extreme side of always being available for everyone, uh, always prioritizing everyone else's needs, never taking care of yourself, always leaving yourself, um, you know, for the last to the thing to do in the least. Um, you're going to end up feeling very frustrated. Very, very frustrated. And this can lead to resentment and many other problems. And normally, the, the problem with setting boundaries is that um, normally there is a subconscious belief or program operating, which, which might say something like, your needs are not important. If you're not available for others, they won't love you. To be loved, you have to keep everyone happy. Um, it is not safe to express your needs. You get the idea. But when we don't set um, healthy boundaries in a relationship, eventually this will lead to resentment, frustration, arguments, maybe feeling that, that you're always giving too much or that you're being taken advantage of, which is a recipe for disaster. So what to do instead to avoid this mistake is, uh, first of all, acknowledge and, you know, and download the belief that repeat it again and again and again, the setting boundaries is essential for your well-being, healthy boundaries, right? So if you find it difficult to say no or to prioritize your needs, I would suggest that, like I mentioned before, you assess your beliefs and ask yourself what happens. What, what happens when I say no to someone, especially to someone I love? What happens when I prioritize my needs? How do I feel about it? What beliefs about myself come to my awareness when I take care of myself? When I decide to not, when I decide not to take that phone call? When I decide to, to, to not go to that birthday party? When I decide to disconnect for the evening and just take a bath because I'm completely shattered after a day of work? Just bring awareness to any of conflicting subconscious beliefs that might be stopping you from, from setting healthy boundaries. Because also uh, 
setting healthy boundaries is good for the other person because we think that when we set boundaries, we are abandoning the other person. But but that's not the case at all. And in another episode, I talked about the drama triangle and the roles of victim, rescuer and persecutor that sometimes we take on when we don't know how to meet our needs in a healthy way. And very common, it is very common that people who struggle to set boundaries have a tendency to take on the rescuer role. And then they have to be available for everyone and they're saving everyone. And they think they're helping. Um, and I know their intention, it's it's genuine. But if you actually, if you think about it, when when you're trying to save someone, you're disempowering them because it's like assuming that they can't do what they have to do on their own. Like if you're always available for everyone, if you're rescuing people, always, you know, like trying to give people what you think they need, even if they don't want to hear you, um, you are taking on that rescuer role and you're assuming that they don't have the resources to figure it out or, or, or to take, or, or to take action. Um, so when you take on the role of a rescuer, you're making the other person a victim. Well, you're not making the other person a victim. The other person takes on the, the victim role and then there is a match. Um, one person doesn't make another one uh, take on a, a certain role. There's just an affinity and and and, and that happens. Um, but, but yeah, but also see uh, in, in, in that way that sometimes being there for everyone might not necessarily be the best thing for them. Now, obviously, um, if there is a person that needs to be taken care of, I'm not talking here about not taking care of your kids, you know, you have to take care of an elderly person. Um, but in order to do this, also, you need to understand that you need to recharge yourself. If you are a carer, if you are taking care of your family, um, you need to take care of yourself first. You need to recharge. You need to have battery <laughs> so you can operate, so you can do this. So, yeah, so just some questions for self-reflection about boundaries in there. Right. So we've got to the end of the seven fatal mistakes that can kill relationships that I wanted to share with you today. We're going to do a recap now and I'm going to list all the mistakes again. But this time I'm going to share a few questions for you to journal on or reflect on, which are what is my favorite mistake? And I'm going to list them now uh, all together. Um, what is my favorite mistake? And by favorite, I mean, which one, when I was talking in this episode, you resonated and you were like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, 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 that's me. And it might be one, it might be all the seven, right? And it doesn't matter because to some degree, we all make these mistakes, um, but what is your favorite, like, what will be your sweet spot? Like the one that needs more attention. The second question would be, how is it serving me? How is doing this? For example, not setting boundaries, not having open communication, um, engaging when I have emotional triggers, uh, or when strong emotions are taking over. How is this serving me? Because every behavior, even if we perceive it as something negative that doesn't have a positive or pleasant outcome, it always has a benefit. And this is a tricky one to reflect on. Um, I understand. I hear you. But knowing that no one is going to judge you, that no one is going to read your thoughts, right? Just 
have a go at exploring a little bit how is this serving me? What is this preventing me from? And a lot of times you will find that a certain behavior that you maybe perceive as negative is just is just a way to protect yourself a lot of the times. So that's the second question to reflect on. And the third one is, what can I do instead? And for each mistake, I've given some ideas or practical tools tools that, um, that, that you can use. But at the end of the day, you know what to do. If you look inside, like if you access your inner wisdom, all the answers are within you. Like this is just um, a message, you know, that will ignite or, or, or trigger something that is within you already. You have all the resources, you have all the wisdom within you already. And sometimes this is just a way for you to remember. So you know what to do. And the question is, what can what can I do instead? What can I change? What needs to change? What actions can I take to change? So the, uh, so the seven mistakes were not asking openly and sincerely for what you need uh, and what to do instead, having open um, and sincere honest communication with your partner or anyone you interact with for that matter. Mistake number two, try to have a conversation when strong emotions have taken over, when the six-year-old has been triggered and is in control. Um, so take a few minutes to calm down and go back to the adult self because before you can continue that conversation. Mistake number three, blaming your partner for your unresolved issues and past experiences. So personal healing and growth here, super important. Mistake number four, expecting your partner to fix your problems or to fill in the gaps, things that are not working in your life. So again, personal healing, personal growth, understanding, becoming more whole, connecting with your power, with your inner wisdom so you can be in a relationship with, uh, from a position of, of love and power. Mistake number five, not appreciating what your partner gives you, taking them from, for granted. So gratitude, practice gratitude every single day. Mistake number six, starting a relationship for the wrong reason. So be very conscious about the relationships you start, the new friends you make and the relations you keep or you maintain in your life. And step number seven, uh, sorry, mistake number seven, not setting boundaries. And just acknowledge that healthy boundaries are necessary for your well-being, for you to recharge. Okay, my loves, so this was another episode full of a lot of ideas. I know a lot of content, so take your time to digest this. You know, see how it lands in the next few days. You know, maybe an idea or a realization um, uh, will come. Just take your time to process the information and to digest it. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode on how to have relationships full of love and joy, go and find that one. It has uh, a lot of useful tips um, and a step-by-step -step, uh, process to improve your relationships. So now I'm going to be away from my honeymoon for a couple of weeks. So I'm super excited about it. So I'm not going to be taking on any new one-on-one -on -one clients until I'm back. Uh, but feel free to schedule your free clarity sessions uh, in the link that I will leave in the description for when I'm back um, in June. If you're looking um, to, to, to break free from the past, from previous relationships, um, or just chapters in your life, uh, stories that are no longer serving you so you can connect with your inner wisdom so you can build your confidence and and live a life uh, full of abundance and joy aligned with your soul purpose which is what you all deserve okay my loves so if you like this podcast please subscribe and share it with your loved ones bring more people to the positive mindset tribe and see you in a couple of weeks sending love and light to you all 
拜。